Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, mobile growth leader and founder and CEO of the mobile growth consulting firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. Today, I'm going to talk about how to run creative tests on Facebook. I talk about our approach, address eight frequently asked questions, and touch upon how this can help you both test creatives effectively without disrupting the learning phase of Facebook and also to help you scale your user acquisition activity in a capital efficient manner. Now, there's some very key challenges when it comes to creative testing on Facebook. Most important of these being that there is no clear documentation on Facebook on what is the best way to test creatives. Yes, Facebook has a split testing feature, but that can be suboptimal for a number of reasons that we have written about earlier. Uh, just go check out rocketshiphq.com slash blog. Right? Additionally, there are a couple of other challenges when it comes to testing ads on Facebook. One, if you add a new creative that you want to test, and if you add this to an existing ad set that has strong history and proven performance, this can reset the ad set's learning phase and result in a deterioration in performance. And you don't want that. Challenge number two, if you have ads or ad sets that are proven and are performing well, these can often start to deteriorate in performance because of creative saturation or audience saturation. Challenge number three is that let's say you want to start testing ads in a completely new ad set, then that can oftentimes compete with one of your existing ads, and that can result in audience overlap, and that can adversely impact performance. Now, how do we deal with some of these challenges? There's no perfect solution, that in mind, uh, but what we have found the most effective is to separate our ad sets into core ad sets, and test ad sets. How does this work? Core ad sets are ad sets with proven audiences and proven ads. These are ads that have shown strong CPAs, strong OAS numbers in the past. Test ad sets are the ad sets in which we run new ads or untested ads or concepts. The goal of these ad sets is to find new winners that can replace ads and core ad sets that get saturated. Now, how does this approach work in practice, right? Uh, obviously, that, so I like to address this via a couple of frequently asked questions. Uh, let's dive into each of these, right? First, how much budget do you put into core ad sets versus untested or test ad sets? We find it effective to put most of our budgets into core ad sets. Typically, about 85 to 90% of your budgets go into core ad sets. This is because these are the ad sets that will carry your performance uh, and drive your performance metrics. Question number two, 
what happens when proven ads and core ad sets start to, start to deteriorate and start to see creative saturation? Well, when that happens, we pause down ads that are starting to, to deteriorate in performance. We start with eight to 10 ads per ad set. So when you pause under performers, you're still able to retain other ads without necessarily disturbing the ad set's learning phase in any meaningful manner. Number three, how else do you optimize the performance of core ad sets? Let's assume it's working, working well. How do you optimize and improve on that? Well, you don't have to disrupt the learning phase of the ad sets in order to be able to do that. We can still calibrate and optimize the performance of these ad sets by making small changes to bids and budgets, typically less than 10% per day. Uh, so if something's uh, working well, maybe increase the bids by uh, uh, 10%, uh, increase the budgets by less than 10%, and you do that so as to not disrupt the learning phase and still calibrate your performance. And next question, what happens in your test ad set when you start to see a new winning ad? Right? You're like, this is a completely new concept, completely untested concept that we were running uh, in the test ad set. This is winning. This is clearly looking like it could compete with our core ads. What do you do next? Well, whenever we see a clear and sustained winner from a test ad set, we add this to the core ad sets. Uh, and we are okay typically in this situation with performance deterioration from disrupting the learning phase. And this is just because we know that we have a new winner. This can compete with what we already know to be past winners. And we are okay with taking a temporary hit to the performance from resetting the learning phase, knowing that this will be made up for by the new ad that we have running. Next question. Uh, so if you are running completely unproven ads in a test ad set, don't your test ad sets tend to perform badly and worse than your proven or core ad set? Short answer, yes, absolutely. Your test ad sets will perform less well compared to your core ad sets. This is just because you do not have proven creatives. Uh, you do not have test, uh, tested creatives. So these tend to perform less well than your core ad sets. And this is precisely why you run no more than 10 to 15% of your budgets in your test ad sets. Right. And then how do you justify losing money on the test ad sets? Uh, you, mo you realize that that is the price of finding new winners, really. Right? You put 10 to 15% of your budgets into test ad sets, you lose money on that with the idea that you find new winners that you can add to core ad sets that can more than make up for the loss in performance from running test ad sets. Next question, what do you do if you expand to a new, uh, if you want to expand to a completely new audience? Let's just say, uh, you know, you're running lookalikes of purchasers and then you want to expand to lookalikes of most active users or content consumers, right? Uh, and in that case, you test a new audience only with proven creatives or variants of proven creatives. Let's assume you have creators that are working well, that have strong performance. Test a new audience only with those creators just because you don't want to introduce two different variables right there, a new audience and new creators. You want to minimize your risk. 
So go with your best creators, put your best foot forward. Next question, won't audience overlap between test ad sets and core ad sets hurt you? Right? Let's assume you set up a test ad set that's running on the same audience as one of the core ad sets. Well, here's how we think about this. Uh, there's two ways to deal with this, of course. One, obviously, you run your test ad sets on a completely new ad set, which is uh, a completely new audience. That's different from what you're running on your core ad sets. Then you have no risk of audience overlap at all. The next, uh, of course, that has the risk that you are testing a completely new audience and testing completely new creatives. That's two variables. So that's something we find to be risky. What we typically do is to run test ad sets on a proven audience, um, on an audience that we know is already working, but we run this on a smaller budget than the, your core ad sets. So your core ad sets is driving, uh, core ad set is driving most of your performance. Your test ad set with smaller ad, smaller budgets is meant to test. And we typically find that audience overlap is much less of an issue when you're targeting very, very large audience sizes. And typically, an ad set with a small budget on your test ad set does not significantly impact performance, especially because creators in the test ad set and the core ad sets are completely different from each other. I hope this approach of running test and code ad sets uh, helps you structure your own uh, creative tests on Facebook. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.